So Daniel. So Jeremy. And Coley. Hi, Coley. Hi, Jeremy. Your your daughter. Oh, you're here. I'm here. Your your daughter had a birthday or is having a birthday. And you yep. went on your traditional annual daddy daughter dinner date. Was it two nights ago? Yes. Yes. Saturday night. Yep. Yeah. We're recording this Monday night. Yep. Yeah. So um, I think that's a super cool tradition. I've always thought so ever since I've seen you do it. Um, a few years ago, I suggested starting that with my own daughters, but it was met with not a whole lot of positivity. So it never happened at that time. Right. <clears throat> um, anyway, I want to hear about that. Tell me how that tradition started and like what you guys do. Um, you want me to tell how it Yeah, I was going to say, it, it was actually, I mean... Yeah, Coley, go ahead. Coley kind of started it, um, or suggested it, anyway. Yeah, so my grandfather, um, who was a huge, uh, important role in my life, he was amazing. Um, I called him Baggy. It was the first word I said before Mama or anything else. <laughs> um he, when I was three, started taking me out to dinner for my birthday, like on a date. Um, and he actually did it with my mom when she was growing up, when she when she was three. He started with her. And we would get to pick the restaurants, and we kind of could go anywhere. And it was always super fancy. Um, for my 16th birthday, he took me to Tavern on the Green in New York. Um, we went to Top of the Prue in Boston. Um, so it was just always, so you know, it was very fancy, and you had to dress up. Um, Certainly fancier than the restaurants yes. that I bring Quinn to. <laughs> it's okay. Different, we don't really have times. super fancy around Just here. Just let him play with it. it doesn't, the, that doesn't matter. What matters is the memories. And I have amazing memories of my grandfather. Bogey's playing Bogey's with his toy. Sorry. His toy. Of my grandfather taking me and feeling like a big girl and going out and getting dressed up. And he wore a suit and... You know, it was always a big deal, and they always couldn't figure out for the longest time how they I knew <laughs> how um, the restaurants always knew it was my birthday. You know, I just didn't know because he didn't say anything when we got there, so it didn't dawn on me until I was older how. But it was super special. That's um, and awesome. one year he took my mom. They went to the Ritz, <laughs> and, and my grandfather forgot his wallet, so Did. my mom. <laughs> Had to pay for this wicked expensive meal. That's, that's hilarious. So, but real quick, did Bogey yeah. find the freezer hamster? What's he playing with? <laughs> <laughs> he's um, he's chewing a Santa he's chewing toy. A we Santa got him toy. for Christmas. He's pretty much ripping Santa's face off. You know, one of those ones with like the uh, that like weird. Yeah, the, I don't even know what it is. That, like, that plastic like paper in yeah. the inside of it. Boys and their toys. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I know. He's making a mess. This doesn't even look like there's any stuffing in there, but he's getting it out. He sure is. So did um did that so, tradition carry on into adulthood? Yes. Yep. So through adulthood, um right up until about two years before he passed away, maybe three, we stopped. Um, just because I was already in Connecticut and he was up in New Hampshire and we had Quinn and everything so it made it a little more difficult but that's the only reason why it stopped so um yep carried on and it carried on with my mom probably till about the same time frame maybe a little bit stopped a little bit before that but it was more just because uh, you know him living up in New Hampshire so. yeah 
So, how old was Quinn, Daniel, the first time you took her? Three, right? About um, three. Four. No, she was about to turn five, I think, the first time. It, oh. it was a little late starting, but... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We, were, yeah. we had moved into this house. You didn't do it in the other house. Oh, the first okay. year was this house. Yeah. Well, but she loves it. She gets super excited and has had the restaurant picked out for this year for at least six months. Yeah, she... <laughs> Loves Ted's Montana Grill because the steak there. Yeah. She, she really likes it. What, what kind of things are on the menu at Ted's Montana Grill? I was curious about that. Do they have so they, they like specialize in bison. Okay. I, like you can get everything that you could get that is beef. You could get it in bison. Yeah. Um, but so she just gets the beef. And usually, like, if I get a burger there, I get beef because bison's too lean for my taste. Yeah, it's too dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I got a bison ribeye, and that was amazing. It was really, really tender and juicy. It was delicious. And then Quinn gets this kid's steak. And it's like, I don't know, I don't know what cut it is, but it's 12 bucks for a steak. And she doesn't know that it's, like, not the highest quality yeah cut yeah it's a good she deal. just loves it yeah she yeah, eats every morsel of it she loves it yeah i've been hearing about his bison ribeye for two days so yeah, i'm glad uh, he can tell I, somebody I else so on on those nights do you go out with a, a girlfriend and have dinner or do you just sit at home and enjoy your quiet time? me uh, yeah i do <laughs> um he actually pays for a babysitter to take quinn to yeah the dinner and then he goes on a date with somebody else nice. exactly <laughs> Yeah. And slips Quinn 50 bucks and not say anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it kind of depends on the year. Sometimes I hang out with my mom because I don't get a lot of time with her um, without, like, Quinn. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I do that. This year, I took the time to uh, decorate her birthday cake. Oh, very nice. For the party the next day. Very cool. All right. Good. Well, Can thank you, you for sharing that Quiet story. down. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for asking. Um, I we ordered some Little Caesars. Oh yes, pizza. Yes, thank you. Tonight, Man, so after all the effort that was, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I I feel like we should promote it on the show. Um, yeah, so I guess we could. I don't know how would we do that. Like, go to my Facebook page and uh, I can. I can put a link in the show notes. You could do that. To the fundraiser. The fundraiser is my pinned tweet at the moment. It's also my pinned Facebook post if somebody wants to go. How, when does the fundraiser end? So the fundraiser ends on February 15th, but it started a couple weeks ago. I just didn't know it. So I'm a little bit right. behind. Um, so I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> well, Not that hopefully. it's a competition, <laughs> but... Our our order was somewhat substantial, so you might be somewhat okay. Yeah, I saw that, and I appreciate it. We um, I don't know, like the Ellie goes to the Christian school, and yeah. they just whatever day they send stuff home in is whoever gets it, whether it's me or Alicia, depending on you know if it's Wednesday or Thursday or Monday or Tuesday. The um. The public school, the elementary school that the other two go to, both the teachers are really good about making sure that they send stuff home on both, you know, so that we both get copies. And mm-hmm. which shouldn't be their job, like, 
right? That's stupid, but um, it's just kind of where we are because Alicia refuses to share any information with me. In fact, it's even in the parenting plan that she didn't have to share any information. It was my job to get it on my own. I don't really understand wow. that. When it goes the other yeah. way, I always give her a heads up because I just think it's decency. And I hope she'll come around. I feel like Coley would do the same thing to me, though, because <laughs> she would just be like, I've been in charge of everything for the last nine years, so you have to actually take some responsibility for once. Well, I think that's how she, she would just do it out of spite. I, I think that's her mindset was that she's always done everything, which is inaccurate, but whatever. So um, Ellie's school calendar came came home on on Wednesday last week or Thursday, actually. So when I was going through a backpack on the calendar, it said on the 15th and said last day for, um, little Caesar's orders. So I sent, um, actually I didn't even see it till Sunday cause I didn't even unpack her backpack until Sunday. So I sent her teacher a message on remind. I don't know if you guys use remind there, but it's huge here. All the schools and, yeah. and sports yeah. teams and whatnot Pear. use it. Parent Square here. We, we used so to remind at some point one, for something. It, it changes every year with the teacher. Yeah, it's yeah. the teacher's preference okay. here. And, you know, I just um, said that I saw the calendar that the fundraiser was ending on the 15th and asked if she could send me the information regarding it. I didn't say anything else. So she, this morning she sent me um, a, a picture that had the QR code on it, but I couldn't read the picture very well. And in the message she just said, you can use this you know, for your fund, for Ellie's fundraiser. So I thought that was just already set up for Ellie's page. So that's what I put on Facebook. And then when I actually went to the QR code, it was a link for me to set up Ellie's page. So it took some um, deleting and editing, but I think I finally got the right link up. You can click on it and go right there. And it's cool. Did I accidentally set up Ellie's page? No, no. Okay. Because um, when I went to it, it was like, put in your name and... What's your child's name? I was like, this isn't for my child. I'm very <laughs> <confused>. <laughs> and uh, so um, there's, yeah, you can order pizza on there. And I don't know how much was shipping. I haven't ordered one yet. But you, got, you do have to pay shipping, I'm pretty sure. But it comes right to your door, well, so that's neat. Wait, I don't remember seeing shipping as a separate line item, but, like, the items that get shipped just cost more. Oh, okay. Okay. I th- but I could be wrong. Um, I don't know. And I don't. I didn't really look at exactly what you guys ordered, but uh, Kyle Eveland um, also ordered. Yeah. Uh, from Twitter. And nice. One of the things he ordered was a local store pickup. So apparently you can order. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool feature as well. If you don't want to wait for it to come in the mail, or actually have to make your own, you can just go do that. So. We we just wanted to make our own because it sounded fun. Yeah, I'm gonna get a yeah few something kids to do with Quinn and make our own. Plus, I'm not sure where the little Caesars is around us. Yeah, there's a CC's. They're not. Is there a CC's? No. A C- yeah, CC's pizza is a thing. So little Caesars aren't like Dunkin' Donuts there. No. no. We don't have. Many it used of to be them. like Papa Gino's was the pizza version of. Dunkin' Donuts around here. Yeah, there was a place called Papagino's. Well, no um, wonder you were so excited l- for crazy bread. I was like, geez, that's kind of nasty shit, but whatever, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> the last surviving Papagino's in America? Is it? I don't I think, think so. it is. No. I think it might be. Is, is, is ours it's in, in our, our town. town. Right next to the and last blockbuster. 
(laughs) (laughs) And the guy um, who manages it is actually... I don't know if he manages it or owns the franchise. I don't I think he's just a manager. Um, he's the dad of one of my players and has kind of slotted into my assistant coach role. Oh, nice. Good deal. Yep. So we're going to hit him up for the end of the season party. Yeah, yeah definitely. got to do that. Yep. yep. Cool. But anyway, we, we, uh, we have other things to talk about, and I just wish we had... Some way to talk about them. I don't have any ideas. Coley? Mm, I mean, of course, you have a podcast. Of course, we have a podcast. Oh, she's so smart. This is why I married her. That's why I married her. Yes. Good to know. I thought it was... Oh, sorry. Theme song. But then what's what's the justification for her her marrying you? I have questions. (laughs) My musical ability, obviously. (laughs) So... Um, Dylan actually did sit, sit down yesterday and work on our song. Oh. <laughs> it might be ready by okay. the time we're done with this nine weeks. It might not. He said that song is more complex than you might think, whatever that means. I'm sure it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan also told me one time that he was marrying me because I'm a nurse and could save him in a zombie apocalypse, I which sort of that. then goes right into the show yeah what we're gonna be talking about I tonight know. yeah see yeah, it's, it's good to have a nurse on the zombie team so if you haven't been following along um you should go back and listen to the first two episodes of our last of us hbo miniseries that we are doing we are recapping each episode of the last of us hbo adaptation um because jeremy and i are big fans of the game and its sequel, and my wife, um, especially after that third episode, is now a fan of the show, wouldn't you say? Yes, I would say. You, you, it hooked me. It yep. got me. Got you. Got me. Good. <laughs> so, Jeremy. Daniel. Broad, Broadly speaking, what'd you think of episode three? Broadly speaking, uh, I don't know that I can broadly speak on it. It was beautifully written, directed, acted, edited, uh, scored, I don't know, like all the words, I guess. Um, I don't know that I'm quite up there with the greatest episode of TV in history, but it was pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's my broad take on it. You? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm about I'm about there. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like top five necessarily for me, but it's very good. It's one of the better episodes of television I've seen in a while. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coley, I would definitely say it's probably one of the best episodes of television in recent television history. Right, mm, that's a good caveat. Yeah. Yes, sure. Yeah, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we should just get into it, I guess. It really deviates a lot from the game. Yeah, so... Um, in, go ahead. In that the main point of this episode was to tell Bill and Frank's story, which 
in the game just to go over what happens in the game so that we have kind of a starting point to go from. Um, Joel and Ellie are looking, they, they need a vehicle still. And they make their way to, in the game, I'm pretty sure when I was replaying it um, just this past week, there were signs that said Amherst, um, Massachusetts, which is near Springfield, Massachusetts, which which is way on the western side of the state. So they would have had to go through a lot of mass to get from Boston to, to Amherst. That's okay. about... Two, two and a half hour drive. Drive, yeah. But it's mostly through, like, small towns. Once you get past Worcester, there's, like, nothing. It's just Once you get quiet. past where? Worcester. Worcester. Okay. Is there a shire? Worcestershire. Is there a shire there? Damn it, Daniel. Let me finish my joke. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Or sometimes known as Wooster. Wooster. And we have the Woo Socks now. Right. Instead of Red Sox. So anyway, um, that that's not important. None of that is important, actually. <laughs> so they get they get to Bill's town, and Bill is the only one still alive of the two of them, um, and of of the Bill and Frank, and uh, Bill is a lot more bitter in the game. He and Ellie butt heads. They do not get along at all. Um, he, like, the the second he meets Ellie, he handcuffs her to a radiator. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the town is also really overrun still with, with infected, um, at least the parts that Bill doesn't really go to. And we find out throughout that section that Frank went to one of the overrun areas of town, um, I think to get the vehicle or something, um, and because he was going to leave. He was going to leave Bill. He was mad. And Yeah, he was mad at Bill and was going to leave him and left him a very nasty note. Um, but he left him a note because Frank got bit in, in his journey to do this um and we find him he has hung himself in the garage with the vehicle um and then he leaves this note to bill that is really mean and just like you know just resentful and he he's angry at him yes um and bill is sad you could you could tell bill is very hurt and sad by this whole thing. Um, and he says to Joel, it's it's honestly, it's like Bill in the sh- game is the, the cynical version of Bill from the show. Um, he says to Joel, like, you know, caring about somebody in this world is only going to get you killed. Yeah. Something along those lines. And that's just not the lesson from this episode of the show at all. No. So, um, yeah, and I think that the entire episode, for the most part, is not part of the game. I mean, it's not necessarily excluded from the game, but it's not part of the game. I want to back yeah, up. It's in, just some little. of it is inferred, and that's about it. Yes. So when Joel and Ellie, can we 
before we get into to Bill and Frank, can we talk about their journey? Yes, journey we'll start there? all the way back at the beginning of the episode. Yep. So it starts out, there's no cold open this episode like there was in the first two. The, um, right. You know, with the big head and the, the, the scientist in episodes one and two. Instead, yep. we take up essentially, seemingly, right after Joel and Ellie have left the state house where Tess sacrificed her infected self to to buy them some time um the screen says they're 10 miles from boston and i have to ask you since you're from that area does it really look like that 10 miles from boston because that literally looked like like dylan was like are they in montana and i thought well maybe wyoming because <laughs> i thought maybe the show had you know done one of those time skips and then it was going to backtrack and so there's there's lots of um not preserves, but there's lots of state parks and stuff that can look like that, but that's not really what the topography looks like 10 miles out from Boston. You're still pretty It's possible suburban. they were trying to stay away from towns and, and cities um, and in doing the, that. Yeah, so there's definitely areas that look like that, but I said to Dan, I was like, that doesn't look no. like Massachusetts. But even the woods here the don't woods even don't look, look like, like that. that. Well, that's what I was wondering, like the pine <laughs> so, yeah. trees yeah. and the... No, and the, they don't really look yeah. like that. It was pretty. No. Wherever, wherever it was and, shot, it was pretty. Yeah, and then, <clears throat> then he said, I looked over at Dan when he said, you know, it's like a five-hour walk, and I'm thinking... It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive. How is <laughs> it only a five-hour walk? As the crow flies. They didn't have to take right. the their Right. <laughs> so they, uh, they have this kind of um, moment at the beginning. I don't know if it's a contentious exchange, but where Ellie tells Joel that she has something to say about Tess, and he says, I don't want your apologies, and she tells him pretty matter-of-factly she's not going to apologize. She just wants him to know that what happened is not her fault. She didn't choose this, just like she didn't choose him. And he seems to kind of get upset about that for half a second, and then he seems to kind of respect it. And I think that's kind of a turning point for those two in their relationship. I don't know. That's just kind of how I felt about that that moment. No, I saw it that way, too. Yeah. Um it was interesting because I thought this was where we were going to get the, here's how this is going to go yes. speech, you know. You don't talk about Tess. But that's not what we got. Um, and I f- feel like it was, it was within Ellie's character, but also I feel like it was a little bit, um, Ellie's a little harder in. In the show? The show, yeah, definitely. I think. I agree. Um, and she, I feel like they're setting her up a little, I, which, so for the listeners, if you're, if you're not familiar with the games, we are specifically trying, Jeremy and I are making a conscious decision not to, uh, spoil what happens later in the game or in part two, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to allude to part two a little bit. Yeah. I know where you're um, going with this and I agree. In that it feels like they are trying a little too hard to set her up for who she becomes in in part two. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, so they start their journey. So though, could, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of this that that isn't in the game, obviously. And you get some more of the backstory of how the pandemic started and just how quickly it went. As Joel tells her, essentially. Stores got stocked on Thursday with with 
flour and sugar. Um, people bought that, brought it home. By Friday, they were sick and turning. And by Monday, the entire world had essentially ended. Um, it was just that quick. And I do like, though, how he referenced the, you know, he was like flour, sugar, things mm-hmm. that people ate, pancake mix. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. then references back to the first episode where Sarah, they didn't have pancake mix. And they, there was definitely a twinge of sadness in his voice when mm-hmm. he said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was a good, um, I don't know if it was an Easter egg, but just kind of a good clarif or like, like. Callback. Yeah. But it also like finally, you know, finalized that whole theory that, that had kind of just been going around and um, Joel just said it. So, right. you know, they, they're walking and they see this downed airplane and, and she's asking questions about flying. And then they come across this area that, that you can see Joel kind of turning into protector mode. He doesn't want her to see something. And, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't forbid her from doing it, but he's trying to tell her that he really doesn't want her to go look. But, of course, she's Ellie, so she does it anyway. She starts walking down this path and comes across... I think it's a ditch, but I don't know, but a ditch full of, of bones and faded clothing and suitcases and things like that. And Joel tells the story of when, um, you know, when Fedra came in and evacuated towns, they didn't have enough room in all the, the quarantine zones. So they essentially shot people that weren't sick because they didn't have space for them and threw them in these ditches. Yeah, and because dead people can't get infected. Dead people can't get infected, and you see this, this, the remnants of this shirt and this baby blanket, and then it flashes back to two thousand three, and you see that baby and that woman, um, getting evacuated and 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 rounded up by the military, and that's yeah. our first introduction to Bill. And we thought, I think you thought. At least, um, Coley, you thought that um, the we were gonna follow them until they got killed. I did. I was like, I, I looked at him. I was like, I don't want to see that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't know. I didn't really want to see it either. But, but. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. They're they're doing a good job of um, implying a lot of violence in the show. A lot more than. You know, the game has to kind of be kind of in your face with the violence. But well, I mean, that's the, the gameplay part of the game, so yes. The gameplay part, right. Yeah. Um, the show, they are implying a lot of it. Um, Which I appreciate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, including, I'm good with that, too. Including in the scene after this. But yeah, mm-hmm. we can... So yeah, we meet Bill. But actually, so before that, right? Wasn't this before that they found the Cumbies? Oh yeah, they, the Cumberland Farm. The Cumberland is that so? Is that like a chain of convenience stores in your neck of the woods? What so is that? I yes. I giggled because Cumberland Farms is everywhere out here. Yeah, we have two just in our town. Yep, okay. and, and our town's not that big. That's like <laughs> that's huge. So you can get dogs. gas and you can get all your convenience stuff, and everybody calls it Cumbies. Okay. So nobody says I'm going to Cumberland Farms. It's like I'm going to Cumbies, and you can get a soda for a dollar five. Like a fountain soda, yeah, any still. size plus tax. So everybody goes, to, <laughs> everybody goes to Cumbies to get their tea, coffee, or uh, fountain sodas. Nice. Uh, um. Yeah, but one thing though, 
There were not a lot of Cumbies in Connecticut in 2003. That was Massachusetts. Massachusetts yes. had Cumbies, though, Oh, right? totally. I grew yeah. up with... I mean, growing up at Quinn's age, so she's about to be nine, Cumbies was the first place I was allowed to walk to by myself. Right. Because um, it was like the next block over. So there's always been Cumbies in my I read an article about a, a couple in Killingly, Connecticut that got uh, arrested for letting their nine year old and their seven year old walk to Dunkin Donuts. Yeah, that's a different world now. So it's, that was a you, long time ago. Yeah, I, I don't wanna like get off track here, but I talk about that all the time with <laughs> Jesus, when I was a kid the shit that I did and now I like I don't even yeah. let my kids play in the front yard without me being with them. It's if we let peop if we let Quinn walk around our block without us, people like comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, Where are your parents? Yeah, it's just it's just She's like they're home. They're home. Ignoring me. Where we would get up at at dawn, eat shit for breakfast, get on our bikes, and come home at dusk, maybe. Right? Like, it's just just different. So, yeah, they go to to Cumbies. Joel has a stash there. Ellie starts exploring. Ellie finds a secret hidey hole. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an infected down there. Of course there is. Of course there is. Well, yeah. so the whole time they're walking before she goes downstairs, and even when she did, Dan can attest to the look on my face and the hand over my yeah. agape mouth because I was waiting for a jump scare. It's just like, <laughs> you, you I was, just knew I was, something. And I good. said, I can't spend the whole episode in this state. Like, this has Wait. to stop because I was just like, like on the edge of the couch waiting to be like, so for something to jump out at us. Before we but it didn't really get to that, I have a very important question. Coley, when you were a young girl walking to Cumbies, did you bring quarters mm-hmm. with you? Did you play Mortal Kombat 2? That's my question. <laughs> um, so I did not play any game, mm. video games. Cumbies didn't have No, they didn't have there was no Mortal Kombat games. in there um, at all. Okay. But also I didn't play anything like that. But no, they didn't that was uh, Gas stations never had arcade games. Cabinets. No, Cumbies didn't either. Arcade cabinets were in um, laundromats. Yeah. And arcades. Bars. And and pizza arcades. And Pizza Hut. And pizza places. And I pizza was going to say pizza places. Right. Uh, yeah, I was trying to remember if any of the gas stations around here had arcade cabinets. I think some might have, some of the bigger ones, but not just the smaller ones. <clears throat> but that's, I mean, yeah. that's kind of a, a reference to the game. I don't remember if it was. Yes. In, in a gas station where she found it, or if that was even in the comic books. I wasn't real clear on that. I couldn't remember. No, it was in the game, uh, but it's, I don't think that happens until Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah. So that was a neat nod. Um, yeah. So, so, Coley, do you want to tell us about the next part, though, speaking of, of kind of like jump scares? <laughs> yeah, so she goes, finds a little uh, secret passage door in the floor and opens it and decides she's just going to jump down there because why not? And she goes down <laughs> into the basement. She was smart enough to bring a barrel over so she could get climbed back up. Like I did like that forethought and yes. so that she could get back up. Um, and she was down there. Um, she found a box of tampons, so she was very excited about that. Uh, and then she heard an infected and just kept going closer and then took out a knife. So again, with the like sadistic side of Ellie. So I guess that was my question as somebody who didn't, you know, I watched Dan play a little bit of the game, but I don't know the game very well. I know enough of it. Um, 
I my question was to you guys like is this mm, anger or maliciousness? I, I don't know how to put it. Like she's it didn't just, exist in okay. The yeah. So that's game for the show because she's just she just literally stabbed the thing and. The head just to see what would happen. Well, she, yeah, first she no. cut it to look at it, and then she's well, cut it, yeah. So yeah, so far my take on Ellie in this game is she's she's a little more morbid than Ellie was at this stage. I mean, in the show, than Ellie was at this stage in the game. Um, yeah, and I agree with Dan. I think they're trying to set that up for for you know a couple years older Ellie, but in the games that makes a little more sense because she's gotten there through through the events that she's been through. Um, I kind of right. miss, like they like, they're still sweet and sassy Ellie in the show, but but I I do, um, I was kind of uncomfortable watching that part. I'll be honest. In the game, the first time she kills an infected is she she has to save Joel, if I'm not mistaken, and it's kind of a turning point, um, for them. He he understands that she needs him, that he needs her, you know, as that protector at times as well, so. I don't know. Well, that's when she, she first time she kills a regular guy. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. It, this just seemed like a sick, morbid curiosity, like not out of necessity. Because it was, and yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. He wasn't yeah. going anywhere. Well, no, I know, but it just, it just, it like you said, it sort of made me uncomfortable too. Like, you know, where are you going to go from here with her if she's? But also at the same time, you could say that she was being merciful by killing it so that it wasn't suffering anymore but you could the have, way that yes. she stabbed it was not really no like the way she <laughs> cut it first merciful. and then no I don't think yeah that's the difference yeah. right yeah and the look in her eye was not merciful mm. that was yeah and she had a, taking taking joy out of what was she was doing a similar look in her eye in episode one when joel was beating that soldier when they were leaving yeah, the fedra camp totally it was a look right. of like excitement not like terror yes yeah no, no, no. Total excitement, which is scary. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm a little worried about that aspect of yeah, the show. We'll, I, I got to be honest. We'll see how that goes. So they... Yeah, they, we'll see how it goes. They leave Cumbies and uh, and the I, I believe the, the, the show transitions to... Um, Bill. Bill. Yeah. Right? Right. Then, it tran- yep. tra- then it transitions to Bill. Yep. After they find the plane and the bodies, yeah, yes. I will say though, just to har- go right back to that quickly, I find it. I found it interesting that she acted like she had done nothing, like nothing had happened down there to Joel. Like there was no oh, yeah. mention right. yeah. that there was one down there. She didn't say. She was just like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, the they didn't, off. they didn't, you know, get everything. It's one of right. those moments where, like, you could just picture it, like, you know, a few months down the road, they're just sitting there, and like that comes up, and she mentions like. You know that hole where I killed that that infected, and he's gonna be like, "What?" Yep. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, we meet Bill, and we see he is hunkered down in his doomsday bunker. Yeah. With all his cameras. Yeah. Wa- and all his guns. Yeah. And <laughs> watching the soldiers take everybody else in town away. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it's a last man on earth kind of situation. <laughs> and he walks out with his gas mask on and, and his shotgun. Gun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he's just so excited, and, and he just 
drives his truck all around town and gathers an industrial strength freaking generator and other things. It's like, I mean, Nick Offerman is a great actor, but of course he's most well known. I'm pretty sure everybody would say for his, you know, his Ron Swanson in Parks and Recreation. Right. And he just seemed, because, you know, they both have kind of the same ideologies, at least Bill early, right. on, early on in the game or the, 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 yes. this episode. You can just picture him being giddy, running around town, knowing the government has collapsed. <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> he can just set up his own That's, perimeter. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. He was, so he starts off this episode as Ron Swanson, basically, yeah. and then evolves throughout the course of the episode. So, confession, I don't like him as an actor. Okay. <laughs> Um, she has no basis for this, by the way. No, it's just, she's just, that char- his the face Ron bothers her. Bothers me. So it's because of the characters he plays, right? Right. Yeah, okay. right. He, she never he watched the same, Parks But and he Rec. plays like the same type of characters, and I've seen him in interviews, and he plays up to the same thing. Yeah, anyway, no basis for this. It's still my opinion, though. <laughs> but but so I've never was, like, heard him, like, you know, not to get in a political debate. He's In real life, he is not that person at all. Like he's. Oh, no, but I just... <clears throat> You know, there's just people that argue when you don't oh, get yeah. excited to watch them. Oh, I understand. And so knowing that he was going to be Bill, I was not super excited going into this episode. But, and and we'll get to the, you know, the rest of the episode. I will just say by the end of it, I loved Bill. Good. So he has changed my mind. Yes. That's the good. strawberry laugh. The strawberry giggle. <laughs> totally. That did it for me right there. That I'm not joking. That was great. <laughs> just the notes. <laughs> The suicide yeah. note with the <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, so then then we see him kind of sitting back enjoying life, cooking. He does look a little bit lonely, like that. I don't know how they portrayed that he was a little lonely because it's not like he said. Oh, I'm lonely. <laughs> He's just, you know, they, you just could tell he, dude, was lonely. Yeah, I think um, so. I as, think. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I think that. No, go ahead. That as time went on, like they did a good job of showing that more. Initially, when he went to Home Depot and was building mm-hmm. his fence and his 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 natural gas blowtorch tripwire things, like he was yeah. giddy. But I think as time went on, you could you could just see a little bit in that whatever type of montage or whatever you'd want to call it where he um started to get a little more lonely and lonely and lonely and right he's cooking these elaborate beautiful dinners for himself yes and somehow keeping those wine glasses spotless in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world which is impressive i can't even i can't even keep our wine glasses spotless yeah with, with all the luxuries of, of modern right you know yeah yeah, and somehow that, that piano was still finely tuned yeah. after 10 years. Of- well, I wasn't sure about that at first, but, but when <laughs> you know when, when Bill started playing it, then yes, it was tuned. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he's just, he's just kind of hanging out by himself, and I, I, what is it, flash forward four years, and his yeah. monitor buzzes, and he looks, and he sees that, that somebody had fallen in one of his traps, or something had fallen in one of his traps, so he... Gets his gun, opens his gate, walks out there, and he hears somebody say, I'm not infected. And it kind of catches him off guard. He asks if they're armed, and the guy takes several moments to answer. 
and says no. And I love this part. I, I love that part. He says no. <laughs> and Bill says, why did it take you so long to answer? The guy's just like, honest, look, I was going to try to lie, but then I didn't know how to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was kind of weird when um, f- f- Bill finally, like, looks over the edge of the hole and sees Frank in there. And Frank goes, welcome to the White Lotus. Yes. I thought that was <laughs> weird. Yes, that was, and he still hasn't comped his room, which I think is ridiculous. Like, he's just got to take care of that. Yeah, he he he's Bill thinks that he completely ruined his his vacation. Yeah. And so he, he did. Fun fact: I did not realize who that was until after the episode, and I heard him talk in his post episode interview. I recognized him. I'm like, I know who this guy is. But I don't know what he's from. And then it yeah, like, Coley oh, wouldn't yeah. have known either if I hadn't told her. Yeah. No. So you told me. Yeah. And then. I said, no way. That's not him. It doesn't even sound like his voice. And I said, and I said to you, not even the accent. Just it didn't even sound like his voice. Yeah. And then he, you know, pulled it up on his phone to show me, and he was like, I was like, oh, yeah. He was very proud that he <laughs> got one over on me. Well, because she likes right. to think that she's right all the time. I do. Because yeah. she is. I do. That's true. I am. Even even when. But I wasn't on this one. So. Even when she's slightly mistaken, that doesn't make you correct, Daniel. <laughs> this is why I like Jeremy. So, <laughs> so, so Frank successfully um, convinces Bill to let him take a shower and maybe get a meal. So I think this is kind of like what I was talking about just a minute ago. So I think if this had happened, because this was four years after, you know, after D-Day, whatever you want to call it. Right. I think if this had happened even three years after, like a year before this, I don't know that, that, that Bill would have let his guard down as much. He wouldn't have been quite as lonely. I think he would have right. sent him on his way, like without any questions. But I do think he's lonely now, and I think he's looking for an excuse to to let him stay because he gives in pretty easy. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> I think he was also attracted to mm. Frank. Well, wouldn't, who wouldn't be? I mean, the dude was in the white lotus. <laughs> I mean, did you see him with the shirt off? Because I was like, whoa, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That beard, too, though. And um, I think Frank had his gaydar up for Bill, too. Oh, yeah. Was, I think he noticed steeping. right away. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yes. The meal and the pouring of the wine. With sort of no, the I mean, like, even. No, as he was approaching yeah, the, away. the yeah. hole, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That is the clip of the night. <laughs> Dan can't stop laughing. Give us your, give awesome. us your best Ron Swanson giddy laugh, Daniel. Now just watching him laugh is funnier than the, the, Yeah, else. no, if I was there, I'd be cracking up. I'm glad, I'm glad we're not on the camera right now. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I don't know how people do this on actual funny podcasts. What do you mean actual what? funny podcasts? Eat, eat, eat a dick, Daniel. This is a funny podcast. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you may not be funny, but Jeremy is. Uh, yeah. 
So. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> anyway, are, are we composed? Can we can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> can we carry on? Oh, sorry. Yep. He approached the. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go. He's he's gone again. Oh my gosh! Come on, babe. Pull it together. All right. Coley, <laughs> okay. should we carry on without him? We should carry on go without ahead. him. <laughs> so, as somebody who didn't play the game, yes, I did not know. <laughs> that I can't. Do you need to leave the room? I don't know. I just I, thought about approaching the hall again. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. Anyway, I did not know that there was a relationship between Frank and Bill from the game. Like, I didn't know that. Okay. So. Like, going into it, you weren't uh, aware of that, you mean? I didn't know that, yeah. Okay. So, you were so like my take completely on... blindsided by the whole story then. Yes. Wow, what an amazing yeah. thing. Yep. It was. And then at one point I said, he's just, because <laughs> I didn't know, right? And it's sort of, with somebody who doesn't know that they end up together, it looked like Frank was just using Bill. I was like, he's going to use him and yeah. then kill him. <laughs> and like, no. Because I had no context. It did give you that kind of feeling a little bit if you didn't know. Even knowing, like, because obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but in the game, we never meet Frank. And we know that clearly this episode's deviating from it. So, like, I I was a little bit unsure at first, too, of the way that he was clearly maneuvering and somewhat, like, manipulating him to get out of that hole. Like, I didn't know exactly where he was going with that. If it was going right. to, you know, be something completely different. Um, and Dylan had hasn't played the game either. And um, I don't think that he knew that that, that they were a couple like and we were watching it and when they sit down and start to eat dinner i'm like i'm kind of watching him and i'm like have you figured it out yet and he's like figured what out and i'm like oh and he's like is he gonna kill him <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> I'm like i don't really know but no i don't think so <clears throat> and then you know obviously at the piano scene it became pretty obvious to anybody that hadn't see- played the game i think at that point um yeah well, I mean, I think, yeah, it became obvious that there was, like, the attraction and that something was going to happen, but it still didn't become obvious until they, like, fast forward two years later and they were still together. Correct. Because when he said, like, you know, I'm not a whore and, I, you know, but this means I'm going to stay a couple days. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's just staying a couple days and then he's going to use his house and shower and food and then he's going to kill him. Yeah. I still didn't, yeah. at that point, know that this was... Not Which, going to be the way it went. By the way, that's going to be my line from now on when I go I'm on dates. I'm not a whore, but I'm going to stay, gonna for, a stay couple days. for a couple days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I cross stitched, I'd put that on a pillow. For <laughs> can we? Can we? Uh, can we talk about the piano scene? Do you guys want to talk about the piano scene, or do you want to? Move yeah. On? No. no. Yeah, let's talk about it. So I wonder if um, between that and we'll get to the the end of this episode in a bit. I wonder if, like, Linda Ronstadt's going to have, like, a surge on streaming services like Kate Bush. She's already, tr- she's trending on Twitter, she, I saw today. Like, like kind of yep. like Kate Bush did with Stranger Things, uh, running yes. up that hill. Um, that's pretty yep. cool. I've always liked Linda Ronstadt, so I'm here for it. I mean, I grew up listening to Linda Ronstadt. Yes. We're a huge Linda Ronstadt fan yeah, right? <laughs> in my house. So I was super excited that they used it's a good song and it's um it's a, a song that like works for the episode and 
it's not um, cliche. It's not a song you hear often. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a perfect musical choice. So far, they're they're nailing it. And um, speaking of viral songs from this show, that Depeche Mode song um, is "I'm Taking a Ride with My Best Friend," and it's the song that we hear. Um, it's basically the last transmission from Bill and Frank mm-hmm. taking a ride with my best friend, which is kind of yeah. also... Yeah, there's a lot of symbolism in the music and, and how it's played and when it's played. So, um, you know, Frank plays the piano and starts to sing and he's not that great. So so Bill shoes him and, and steps aside and, and does a pretty masterful job playing the piano and does a decent enough job singing. But that moment where... Like, Frank just takes over. Man, if I had that kind of confidence, I'd be unstoppable. My goodness. <laughs> just look at him go. Tell him this. You know who had you know who had that confidence when I met him? I'm going to guess Daniel. Yeah, that's why I married you. Yeah. In the beginning, you asked why I married him. Yes. I have that confidence <laughs> at times, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's weird. I got to feel like, like it's wanted. I don't know, but... Listen, I have that kind of confidence when I'm approaching the hole. The hole? Yeah. Yeah, once I get to that point, I'm fully confident. I'm I, I could I could lead countries at that My point. My mother in law listens to this episode this, this show. Well this will be the last so one. Just... Just fine. Last one she listens to. <laughs> no, seriously, like there's here's Bill, like this loner, this rough and tough guy that's got a banker and Gadsden flags of, of at least two different varieties and all this other stuff, completely letting his, I don't even know if it's his guard, but just completely opening up to this guy. And, and Frank just tells him, go take a shower. And he just kind of like nods like, like, yes, mister. Yes, sir. Right? Like he's just, yeah. he's, he's, yeah. he's all in. Yep. And it's, it's just cool to see. Yeah. That's it. Um, That's all I got on the piano. And he's got no experience. Nope. Well, there was a woman with men this one time. and 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 hardly any experience at all. It seems like from the way he talks, mm-hmm. um, yeah. his mother was is the only like other person that he even talks about or mentions <clears throat> from his past. Yeah, well, when when Frank asks him if he's ever done this before, and he says with a woman once. But, right. But yeah, you don't hear any other other mention mentions of of anybody. So, right. No, and his mom is still super evident all over the house. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, except for his bunker. But other than that, it's all his mom. I mean, she could because yeah. he's still because th- the room that after the shower that they go to is like his childhood. You could see like s- stuff from like high school. Uh, yeah. The trophies and stuff. Yeah, I kind of get the sense that when his mom left, whether, I mean, I assume she died, but I don't know, that that, right. that the house just kind of, like, he kept it up, he kept it clean and dusted and whatnot, but I don't think anything changed after that. Right. I assume she was gone before the pandemic started. I, yeah, I, I thought that, that as too. well. Yes. Yeah. Because he didn't seem worried about anybody yeah. that day. Yes. Yeah. So most of this episode takes place... I mean, there's a little bit at the beginning and a little bit at the end, but most of it takes place 
just within the scope of Frank and Bill's relationship over a, I guess it would be what, nineteen year period, or or yeah, fifteen year, fifteen year, 15, year period, 15, yeah, yeah, yep. something like that. Um, so so Frank does stay a few days, and yes, and that's when we flash forward a couple of years. And you see him bursting out the front door, fighting like a married couple. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you know, instantly in my head, I'm am thinking to the game. I'm like, is this where Frank gets mad and runs off and blah blah blah? Right. Me too. Um, yep. But they, you know, they they work it out, and and essentially the fight is over. Frank wants to kind of spruce up the neighborhood a little bit, and and Bill is still like, you know, saving our resources. The only thing we need to worry about is this house that we're living in, so on and so forth. But but Bill loves Frank so much that he's willing to give up part of him to help make him happy. So they agree to fix up the boutique and the wine shop and I think the furniture store. Yes. Um, and it was a, kind of a short-lived fight. But during this fight, Frank also mentions having friends. And Bill tells him we're never going to have friends. And then Frank shares that he's been talking to a woman on the radio. And um, that's when we meet Joel and Tessa, and how they have a relationship with Frank and Bill. Yeah. And I I like how um, the show doesn't... Like, I watched a, the first few seasons of The Walking Dead, and if this had happened in The Walking Dead, you know, the other person on the end, other end of the radio would have come and ambushed them and killed them or something, you know? And that... That is Bill's fear, but that doesn't happen. And Tess and Joel just come and have a nice lunch. Yeah. I, and it was so nice seeing Tess again. It was. It was very nice. I do wonder if they hadn't had contact over the radio, like if Joel and Tess had just stumbled across, across Bill out in the you know, wild, if they would have developed that relationship or, or whatever. Right. Um, Probably not. Like, I never got the sense that they were just savage killers, like, would kill first and, and steal stuff and ask questions later. No. Uh, you They're know, survivors. Initially. Certainly not Tess. Um, but that whole lunch thing was like watching people dine at a country club. It was so bizarre to see that in in a post-apocalyptic world with all the fancy dishes and mice and Joel using, like, proper silverware and cutting techniques. It was Yeah, it was but it funny. was nice to see funny. them... Like clean and yeah. nice clothes, you know. Like yeah. like they didn't seem so beaten down. And they yet. looked younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they looked um, in love. Yes, that yes. was nice to see. It was a yeah. good moment. I liked mm-hmm. I liked that scene. It felt it felt like it didn't fit, like in in the world. And I think that's what I loved about it because there's still those small small patches and areas that people could not very often. I mean, like if it wasn't for Frank and Bill, that never would have happened. I don't know that there was a whole lot of other places like that in the, in the world, but in that moment, yeah. Yeah. It felt normal. Yeah. But then there's like moments of, cool. you know, Frank grabs Tess and is like, I want to show you something. And Bill's going, not in the house. And he still took her in anyway. So it's, they're having yeah. these normal moments, but it's still, on guard, and Frank, and Bill has the Bill gun. Bill has the gun out at school yeah. at lunch. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, I don't blame yeah. him. He didn't know them. 
See, the great thing about Bill is it could have been 2002. And he probably would have done that. So, <laughs> right. Right? True. That's just Bill. Right. Yeah. True. But you see Frank and Tess form that relationship, which yeah. throughout the rest of the episode, you see, without them explicitly saying it, things that have been traded. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm pretty sure the wheelchair and pills and all that stuff were traded for other stuff. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they and definitely. The gets fortified. Yeah. I mean, clearly they had a pretty good relationship because Joel right. knew the, the code to the gate. Yes. Yeah. Um, those sorts of things. Right. Yes. Yeah, I think they, they had a, uh, I don't know, would that be a symbiotic relationship? Like, Joel felt it more of a symbiotic. I think Frank and Tess were actually friends. Right. And yes. Joel and Bill were, were as friendly as they both could be while still keeping their guard up. Yep. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is the next scene where the Raiders come? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Think no, the next scene. No, is no, the, no. It was the strawberries. It's the jog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the next the scene jog. is the jog and the oh, strawberries. Okay. So tell us about that, Chloe. <laughs> uh, so you see uh, Frank and Bill jogging, and Bill's lagging behind. He's like, I can't. He's like, Come on, just come on. Uh, and Frank's like, I just, I have something to show you. And he covers his eyes. It was like the most. Innocent, beautiful, just show of love. I don't know. And he was so excited. And he covered his eyes and walked him up. And there was just a patch of strawberries growing. And they had gotten seeds from Tess and Joel uh, the last time they were there for, you know, for in trade for a gun. And Bill says, which one? He's like, a small one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and so they take these strawberries, the most beautiful looking strawberries I've ever seen. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were, were so perfectly red and gorgeous. And they both take a bite. And Bill, the surly Bill, who, you know, is seems jaded and whatever, just lets out the most beautiful giggle when he takes a bite of that strawberry. And it just won me over. That was it. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember what he said after that? I think uh-huh. I was so lost in the giggle that I don't. So that's when he grabs Frank's arm. Yeah. And he says... Right. I was never afraid until I met you. Yes. Right. That, and yes. that was just yep. like, yep. wow. Oh, yep. That's yeah. right. Yep. And then they went to like kiss and yeah. he's like, not on the strawberries. Yeah. They were going <laughs> to yep. lay down and frolic yeah. and fornicate in the grass. And, and they decided not, not on the strawberries. Not on the strawberries. But, but his, then they went to bed and the raid happened. His little yes. strawberry giggle though reminded me of, of Ron Swanson. Oh, definitely. The, the partying Ron Swanson. Meme. Yeah, the, the giddy Ron Swanson. Or when the yeah, government the got shut Ron down Swanson. or, you know, yeah. Leslie Nope was defeated in something, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Yes, they go to bed and the rain comes and you see footsteps on the outside of the gate. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the raiders trips a, a tripwire, which creates this chain of events where... I don't really know what was happening there. Did he have like grinders set up on all those things that that grinded the caps off those propane things and at the same time started them on fire? I think that so. Was, yeah, that, that like was that. pretty in, in, no ingenious, idea. but that's yeah. what it looked yeah. like. And yeah. Frank wakes up on fire. Mm-hmm. and isn't really sure what's happening. And he's running around and he's he grabs his gun and runs outside and Bill's already out there shooting at the Raiders and um, 
he sees Frank and kind of gets distracted and turns away for a second, and he ends up taking a, a bullet to his to his I don't know stomach abdomen I guess area yeah. and um, Low, lower left quadrant. Thank you, nurse. Yes. See, that's why you're handy in the apocalypse. See. Yes. Um. um okay, but. That could have been avoided if Bill had used any sort of cover. True. True, Daniel. Yeah, I didn't understand why he was just standing in the middle of the road. I think because he was angry and he was... Mm-hmm. He was He's only... protecting he, Frank. He, yeah, he was more angry because of that. And then um, he also knew what defenses he had up, so he probably felt that they were going to be too busy putting themselves out. Yeah. That he wouldn't have to worry as much about that. But yeah, that did seem kind of odd. Um, but yes, I think his emotion got the best of him, and he was just angry that somebody would try to hurt Bill, or Frank. Yeah. Then when he sees Frank, he gets distracted and, and does take a bullet, and um, the raiders presumably flee or burn to death or whatever. They get him in. Frank gets him inside, and um, you know Bill's telling him to find Joel, find Joel. And Bill's pretty sure he's going to die. And, you know, Frank says some encouraging words and starts dressing his wound. Looks like he's removing the bullet, maybe. And then you see Bill just go limp. And I yeah. thought for a moment he died. And I remember being like, Me too? Yeah, we, we thought he died, too. And Dylan was like, is that not supposed to happen? I'm like, no, 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 that's not supposed <laughs> to happen. <laughs> and, and then it's just nothing. And then you hear... You hear Frank say Bill's name from a distance, and it's daylight. And you're like, okay, well, I guess Bill's alive. But then as you kind of look in, you can see that they're looking quite a bit older. And Frank is in a wheelchair. And it's like this crazy juxtaposition where Frank is caring for for Bill when he looks like he's mortally wounded to now it's several years later. And... You know, you just saw this jogging scene and and Bill apologizing to Frank for getting old and all these things. Yeah. And yeah. now it's just, it's the opposite. Like, Frank looks like shit. He's in, he's in a bad way, obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bill is essentially his, his caretaker now more than his protector. Which... Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, but but now it's different because he's not trying to keep him from from being killed. He's trying to keep him comfortable, and right. it's a but it's tragic, the same thing. Beautiful thing, right? And so you mentioned trying to keep him comfortable. It's the same thing that Frank did for Bill when he when he was shot. Right? He got like yeah. the bottle of right. alcohol, and I was saying to Dan like one of the things I loved about that scene. Was as he's pouring it, you know, Bill's going on a call, Joe. I, you know, I have everything in, in a list, like, you know, everything's written down, all the, you know, in this stuff. And instead of Frank just being like, you're going to be okay, everything's fine, he said, tell me about that list. Yeah. He's... And it was just an amazing show of love and knowing what Bill needed to stay calm. So, like, Frank could have been on the inside freaking out, thinking he was dying, but he was like, all right, so tell me about that list. And it was just an amazing, yeah. I don't know, it t- was so touching to see that reaction and to hear him say, tell me about those things that you're freaking out about. Like, I'm, I will listen to them. Instead of being like, 
just that placating, like, you're going to be okay, we're going to be fine. Right. It was like a doctor with great bedside manner, but it wasn't. It was just pure love. Right. Right. Yeah. And maybe that's why I love it, right? Because as a nurse, you know to try to get them to talk about something else when something like that is horrible is going on or they're in pain, you know? Mm -hmm. So I get that reaction, but to see that from somebody who's not trained in that and that was just this act of pure love was just... See, I'm getting teary. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was beautiful. As somebody who had played the games, though, I thought Bill had died and thought that Frank was going to be alone when Joel and Ellie showed up. Yeah, that's what I was expecting, too. it would be like a reverse of what happens in the game. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought for a moment. I mean, it doesn't let you linger there very long. No, it doesn't. Um, You know... They do a lot of that so far in the show. A lot of playing with the expectations of the audience that knows what happens in the games. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have, you know, they have dinner and um, Frank can't even open his his baggie that has his pills in it. Yeah. And he's looking pretty defeated. They, I mean, it doesn't show them going to bed, I don't think. But they go to bed. The next day, there's a scene where they're talking and... um, Bill is trying to get Frank to, to go lay down and get some rest. And Frank says, no, I don't want to. I promise you I'm not going to fall asleep because this is my last day. And you pretty well know exactly what that means. And Bill processes it pretty quickly as well. And even though you instantly know what it means, at least for me, it took a moment to to go through that in my head. Um but once I did, you know, it was, I don't know, it was surreal. Like, that's what I, I feel like that's what I would do. I wouldn't want to sit there and waste away. And Frank kind of, you know, or Bill mentions, you know, maybe we can find you a doctor. And, and Bill says, and do what? But Frank says, and do what? They couldn't cure this, you know, before the, the pandemic. So how would they do it now? They never right. really say what he has, but I assume it's some sort of like muscle disease or something. I don't know. Coley, do you yeah, know what we he has? Were, we were surmising like MS. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I told Dylan, but I yep. really had no basis for that, just a guess. Yeah, um, like he couldn't paint, he couldn't hold the, his paintbrush and yeah. he can't really walk and stuff like that. So, Because so, he, he said something like, they can't, they don't have a mobile MRI or... Yeah, yeah. Door, there's something about MRI, an MRI, like, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, <clears throat> so he essentially tells Bill what he wants for his final day and he wants to, well, have some toast and then... <laughs> Go to the boutique and pick out clothes, and Bill's going to wear what he tells him to wear. And then they're going to get married, and then Bill's going to make him a dinner, and then he's going to crush this bag of pills and put them in his wine, and then he's going to take him to bed and hold him. And, yeah. you know, you know Bill doesn't love that idea, but he doesn't really no, know he what was to crying. say. And we see this montage of them, you know, doing all the things that, that Frank had laid out. Um, and I don't know why I like, like this entire episode really, but I didn't notice it until right then. It made me think of the beginning of the movie up, like with Carl and Ellie. Yeah. That, I don't know why it just did, especially that last day, that last part. Well, I know why, because it's very similar. (laughs) Well, yeah, I suppose it is. You see, you see this whole relationship, um, play out before your eyes through over over a long period of time 
from the very beginning of the relationship all the way to the sad, beautiful end. But you get the sense um, of those years in just moments. And I think that's kind right. of the, the correlation I was making there. Right. Um, so he does that. And they're making dinner. And they drink the, the bourgeois or whatever that pairs with rabbit. And <laughs> then Bill goes and gets another bottle with some larger mm-hmm. wine glasses. Spot free, I might add. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was the first meal they had together. Yeah. It was replicated. This yeah, it was, yeah it, was, meal it was the same the meal. Yep. Yep. And even the way they put, that he put them on the plate. And yep. like all yeah. that stuff. And turned the plates. <laughs> yeah. That attention to detail is is pretty cool. I really like that. Yeah. Um, and as requested, he takes the crushed up bottle of pill, a uh, bag of pills, and dumps them in in Frank's wine glass. And he had poured himself some wine. Also, Frank chugs it. Bill chugs his. Frank glances over at the bottle of wine and notices that the pills are all in the bottle. So he realized that. Bill had also overdosed himself. Yeah. And they go to bed. Yeah, he says, take me to bed. Yeah. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. She cried again. like three times. During Bill that. says, when he asks why the, bo- the pills are in the bottle, Bill says something to the effect of, this isn't the, the stage suicide or something. Um, uh, uh, he So it's actually... <clears throat> it's a I'm, line I'm from a play. I'm happy. Is it okay? It's a line from a from a play. Um, because I listened to the HBO podcast the about companion it. Podcast. Um, yeah, the companion podcast with Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, and um, Craig Mazin got the line. Well, he he yeah he took the line from a play. Um, and it's, it's something like the, you know this isn't the tragic gay suicide or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's from a play. Yeah. I guess. I don't so that's know essentially what he was. Remember. He was telling Frank. He said, "I'm fulfilled. I'm happy. I don't know yeah. what my purpose would be without you, more or less." So. You, you were my purpose. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. He wills them and, off to bed, and presumably they get in and they hold each other. Yep. I mean, it's a happier ending than Bill having to mourn him. You know? In I multiple mean, ways. Bill had to mourn him leaving him and his death. Right. Like, in, in the game, right? That's what you're talking about? Right. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, even, but even in, in the, the show, show. Yes, it would have been... Ha- if it would have been... Yeah. Sorry. If Bill had st- still been alive when, when Joel and Ellie came, you know, he wouldn't have been himself anymore. He was missing his better half. He would have had a worse fate. And there's, I think there's poetic beauty in the fact that they died together of, I wouldn't call it natural causes, but of their own volition. Like Frank was going to die of natural causes clearly, or of a degenerative, you know, condition. Right. Um, But they survived. They literally survived the apocalypse until the end. Right. And they went yeah. out on their own terms, right? And uh, we are, you know, we're not going to talk about future episodes because we said we wouldn't do that. But I think that we're going to see something similar in a future episode mm-hmm. with much younger characters 
where they could make that kind of like decision and that same decision isn't made. And I think because both these, you know, Frank and Bill were older and they'd lived their lives, like there was nothing left to live for and it became an easy decision. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the difference. Maybe it's that Bill was at the end of his life as he well knew it. And, you know, he wasn't in the greatest health and he wasn't getting around nearly as well as he used to. He wasn't going to be able to rebuild his perimeter by himself again if he had to. Those sorts of things. Right. And now he had no reason to. Right. And Frank had said, you know, I've had good days and bad. You know, I've had really bad days and I've had bad days with you. (laughs) But I've had like the majority good days with you. And let's have, you know, one last good day. Yeah. Yeah. It made me think about how what you and I were talking about um, when we were talking about how we fight and how Quinn like complains that we fight. Even though we don't fight much. No. But when we do, we fight. Mm-hmm. Um, We're a normal couple. <laughs> and that's well, yeah. a normal thing for right. couples to do. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, even though we see Bill and Frank fighting, um, it's it only makes them closer in our minds because, it, you know, it's what a real couple does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The fight that they had was such... A fight right. that I can see happening. Right. <laughs> like, that yes. was not like some, you know, showbiz fight. Like, that was a fight that a couple would have. Right. Yeah, it was essentially like, I want to have friends. Priorities. Yeah, I want to have friends. I want to go to this. You know, no, that's our resources. You know, it yeah. was very real. Indeed, it was. So, that was the end of Frank and Bill's story, but that wasn't it the wasn't end of the, the episode. It, no, and it wasn't the end of me sobbing. Just letting you no. know. Just no. there was there's lots lots of tears. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then we see Joel and Ellie yeah. coming to the town, and Joel has the code to the gate, which, I mean, he must have really endeared himself to Bill for Bill to give them the code to the gate. I think he only did it because he was worried about Frank. If something happened to him, he wanted Frank to be taken care of. And he that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, because <clears throat> when he gets shot, that's another thing that we forgot to mention. When he gets shot, he, he says Joel. to Frank, call Joel. Well, if you had uh, been paying attention, Coley and I both mentioned that, Daniel, but that's okay. We I'm did, sure you, actually. You yeah. were doing something uh, far more important, I'm sure. Right? I was laughing he was about laughing approaching the hole. About, about approaching the hole, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, so I think he. I think that was more of a necessity than a friendly gesture. Or maybe it was a friendly gesture, but Bill just couldn't bring himself to say that, so he made And maybe it was Frank who gave them the code when Bill was hurt. Maybe they Well, helped. I don't think so, based on the notes. I mean, at least Bill at least knew that Joel had the code because he told him the yeah. bunker code was the same as the gate code, except in so reverse. backwards. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. All right. So just, you know, you guys just talk the rest of the episode. So the gate code was 6969, really and the bunker code was 9696. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Joel and Ellie. They walk up to the house. Joel notices the flowers are... Wilted. I was going to say the flowers were like that. Yeah, that killed me when he saw the flowers. And, and he knew well, something and was up. He yeah. knew something was up, too, just because... Um, they didn't approach him. Like they he, didn't come. They right. would have known he was there with the cameras and right. everything. Yeah. yeah. 
But the flower solidified it. Yeah. Yeah. You walk in and you see the the last dinner being fly infested mm. and um, you see a thin layer of dust on the dinner table. So you know it's mm-hmm. been a few days. You know, it hasn't been too terribly long, but it's been a few days. Yeah, yeah maybe a week or so. Mm-hmm. And Ellie finds the suicide note with the truck key. She starts reading it to Joel. And it's a pretty great note. It's it's <laughs> definitely like it's definitely Bill, but I I just could not help but hear Ron Swanson as she was reading <laughs> the entire thing. I, I just could not help it. Even yeah. even the envelope to whomever, but probably Joel. Like I just right. <laughs> Could not not hear that in, in Nick Offerman's voice. Um, yeah. And the note kind of says it's not an angry note. And it tells Joel more or less that he respects him, even though he doesn't consider him a friend. And he realizes that people like he and Joel, their job is to protect people. He did not know that until he had Frank. Um, and he tells Joel that he needs to protect Tess which is also yeah. kind of a heart-wrenching moment because, of course, yes. Tess is gone. Bill has no way of knowing that. Ellie kind of stops in her tracks as she's reading that. Right. Because um, even she is, is uh, you know, smart-ass as she is, she knows that would be too far to just blurt that out. And she, she I don't think she wants to hurt Joel's feelings in that way, necessarily, because that would be a pretty low blow. So she hands it to him, and he finishes reading it. He um, goes out to the garage, and I liked this part. He pops the hood, and there's no battery in the truck, and you can just kind of see that expression in his face, like, fucking batteries, really? (laughs) But he glances over, and I don't know why he thinks to look in the fridge. I don't know if that stuff on top of the fridge made him think that, like, that's components to build the battery. I wasn't real clear on that. But he looks in the fridge, and there's pieces, and I assume that's how you assemble a battery, so he did that. Um, comes in and talks to Ellie and and um, kind of tells her the plan. She brings up Tess again. This probably happened before he went to the garage, actually. But that's when he lays down the ground rules. Daniel, what are those ground rules? Don't talk about Tess. In fact, don't ask about my history at all or something like that, right? And then don't. I don't want to know about your past your history and if anybody like don't tell anybody about your condition yeah right and he needs and to do it do, do as, as i say. say yeah 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 and she yeah. agrees and so that's a similar conversation to what happens in the game that's almost verbatim mm-hmm. from the game that conversation happens immediately after uh, tess is killed in the game so they got the, the battery charging Joel uh, they go down to the bunker Joel's collecting supplies Ellie wants a gun he tells her no <laughs> they find yeah. some clothes they find some some women's shirts um, Ellie opens up the box and you can just see the color of the shirt and you just instantly know that part I got a huge smile on my face I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I don't know why but that shirt is iconic it is Ellie I still have that shirt. Dan has um, that shirt. I have that shirt too. And I still have the little onesie that you sent to Ellie. <laughs> it doesn't fit her anymore. No. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I still have um, 
uh, my version of that shirt from like 2013 or 14, whenever I bought it off Etsy or whatever the hell it was. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Redbubble for him. <laughs> yeah. Is that even a thing anymore? Redbubble? Oh yeah, I get tons of stuff still on Redbubble. Nice. Redbubble's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. So she tells and Joel she... she's gonna take a shower, and then he's gonna take a shower. Yeah. Yeah. And you see him jump out of the shower, and he's wearing his iconic, you know, green flannel. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Frank was wearing that. Frank was wearing that earlier right. in the episode. Yeah. Oh, was wow, was that not right. the was that not the shirt that Bill gave him on the first day when he yeah. was in the shower? Yeah. 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 You're right. Yep. And um, Ellie finds something. Ellie does find something. She's snooping around and she finds a gun and she wants a gun really badly. And mm-hmm. she hears Joel coming, so she shoves it in her backpack. And um, they put the battery in the pickup, and Ellie tells him that looks like a pretty nice truck. And he says, No, it's a piece of shit Chevy S10, but it should get us to Wyoming. <laughs> well, and she gets in and compares it to a spaceship. Yeah, which is yeah, because she's never been in a car. It's, she's never been in a car, and also that made me think of part two. Yes. Um. And like, Joel puts on his seatbelt and tells her to put on hers, and then like she looks at him and he realizes that she doesn't even know what the fuck that means. Right. So. <laughs> but the moment when he did it for her like he reached over and grabbed it for her mm-hmm. there was like this foreshadowing of like y- you could see on his face like crap you know like ugh. like i don't want to care about her yeah no, but he's... here but here we go you yeah, know he tells her to put a seatbelt on so he does doesn't want her to die right no. but then yeah. but that that act of reaching o- over he just had this look on you know and and that's what like you do to your kid. Right. It was instinctual. Their yeah. Right. Even, right. Even though Sarah mm-hmm. had been gone for twenty years, it mm-hmm. was just instinctual. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So. And then she found off. a Linda Ronstadt tape. <laughs> she did. And I like the the last scene where you're looking out through Bill and Frank's window, their open window. Well, so yeah, in the in the letter, away. he said, "Don't come into the bedroom." It's probably a scene you don't want to see. We have opened the window to, so to the house the won't smell. smell too much. And then oh, they like end here. the episode panning out of the window. So then I started sobbing again. <laughs> yeah. Because that was a great way to end that. Out that open window with the breeze blowing. Watching them go out the gate. So do you think that Bill left... That Bill put the... 80s song on the radio so that Joel would come, Joel and Tess would come to the town, knowing that they were going to be dead when they showed up? You mean based on their code? Yeah. Like, why did they play an 80s song on the radio in the first episode, at the end of the first episode? Because 80s was supposed to, wasn't 80s supposed to be, let's see, how did that go? Trouble. Yeah. So what was the trouble that I think it was just to get their attention so that they would come, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that timeline didn't match up though. I think it matches up pretty all right. Yeah, but they had like a you know, Frank told Bill we're doing this and it was a like literally less than twenty four hours. Yeah. And it was a 
oh, few I days guess, yeah. after I mean, I guess. That, so. that that came. Okay. Yeah, the, I see, the song I see just what you're played gotcha on now. loop. Yeah. Right. Okay. Gotcha yeah. now. Because there was no other trouble. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my sense it was designed to make sure Joel was the one that found the notes and and more importantly the weapons and supplies. So I guess the confusing part for somebody who hasn't played the game was mm-hmm. my take on that was the songs were coming from Tommy in Wyoming. Oh. Right? Because it wasn't explained really no. so who the songs were coming from. That part's never in the game. That's yeah. all in the show. Oh. Okay. Um, well then. I I just assumed they were coming. Because when the songs were playing, he was trying to get to, a message to Tommy. You know, like it was that whole... First right, episode. but the radio in his apartment was was only between him and Bill. I, yeah, I so I I think that. that it was like a chain of radios because they didn't have the range to go all the way. So there's like stations. Right. So Bill was closest to Joel, and then he, okay. Bill would send it to the next person, and it would make its way down to right. whatever. That, that's kind of what I thought, but I don't know, honestly. I don't either. It, it's not. Super clear. See, maybe I can't save us in a zombie apocalypse because I can't figure out who <laughs> sent the code. <laughs> yes. I think I'd still rather have you there than not have you there. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. Me too. Oh, yes. thanks, babe. <laughs> Jeremy said it first, so <laughs> my allegiance is with him. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Daniel, go back in your hole. <laughs> um, so. It. <laughs> so then there's another song that they hear we've already mentioned it the Linda Ronstadt song yep. um, what's it called again mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. it's the Linda Ronstadt song yeah something about love I'm, yeah. I mean I'm I'm much more familiar with her like what's new phase when she did like <clears throat> the big band album but that's like, okay like <laughs> poor poor pitiful me those type of songs that one song about addiction. That was a pretty good song. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know the names. I just know them when I hear them. Right. Right, right. <laughs> yes. I was young, Daniel. Very young. Uh, love yeah, will I'm abide. Gonna, is it love will abide? Love yeah, will I'm going to yes. love you for a long, long time. That's it. Love will abide. Mm-hmm. And, that's and then I sobbed. The episode. And I sobbed more. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that was the end of the episode. And so I may or may not window. have asked Dan if he would kill him. Yeah. Yeah. She, no, you didn't ask. You just said, you were crying. You were crying. You're sitting there crying. I'm like, you okay? And she's like, yeah. You, would, you wouldn't kill yourself for me. I was like, yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely would kill myself for you. Here, let's make a pact. Daniel, <laughs> if, if you don't kill yourself for Coley, I will kill you. Okay? <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Good luck approaching this hole, motherfucker. <laughs> I'll just team up with Chicken Dad. He already knows his way around the, the perimeter. He knows how to infiltrate that yard already. He has chickens. Those will be valuable in the apocalypse. Yeah. They're already valuable. Yeah, no doubt. Yes. So it was a great episode. I think it deserved a lot of the the high praise that it got, definitely. Yeah. I just, even how it was shot, I just appreciated everything. Yeah, it was shot well, directed well. It was paced well. 
Like, yeah. It felt like a much longer episode than it was, but that's not a bad thing in this case. I think it True. was a pretty yeah. long episode. It is a pretty so, long episode, but yeah, yeah. But I'm glad it was. Long. I mean, there was plenty of story to tell, and it was. So, um, looking forward without spoilers, though. So we now know that season two has been approved. And we also yeah. know that season two is going to be part two. So, Daniel, how are they going to fit the rest of the first game into six episodes? Based I've off already the, asked him that. Based off the pace that, that we've gone so far. because Well, how do we episode- know it's six episodes? Because this season's nine episodes. We've already seen three. Yeah, it's simple math. That um, oh, I'm leave, sorry. That six. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. He's still concentrating on the whole. I thought you were saying. I, I thought you meant how are they going to fit all of part two in Into six episodes? No. I so there's you. six episodes left in season one. Yeah, and I know. as far as gameplay, because the entire, for the most part, the entire part of episode three wasn't even in the game, and. I mean, the gist of it was, but like they took up an entire episode for, yeah, for that, and it was, you know, well deserved. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but as far as the game goes, we're just barely out of Boston, and there's only six episodes yeah. left. Do you see what no, I'm I know we still have Pittsburgh, and th- there's there's a whole Kansas City storyline or something. Well, I mean, there's in yeah, the show that we haven't got that that they don't do in the game. And, um yeah. and then winter. Yeah. Is the first and, and the whole left behind Is the first line. game the that goes into the mall. Yeah. So. Well, yes, that's, that's DLC. So, so but that's that, left but that's, behind. That's but that's the in the series. I mean, we've seen we've seen in the trailer okay. we saw. We've seen Riley. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that that happens. They cover that in this season. Yeah. So listen, I'm just saying they were smart to do the episode that they just did for to get the people who don't play the game, haven't played the game, don't play games because mm. that one me like I'm sucked in from that episode. Yeah, no, it was so a great much episode. so that I I went into work and told two of my staff members I- that they had to start watching it. <laughs> Man, you gave them a directive. I gave them a directive that they had to watch it and listen to your podcast. Two weeks on the job, and look at you, look at you leading like that. Great, they're gonna they're gonna hear me talking about approaching the whole (laughs) gator and shit. It'll just be like Um, a Christmas party. It'll be a preview of next year's Christmas party, Daniel. There you go. Um. Yeah, but just without spoiling anything. I think speculating on season two, um, I think that they should, and they probably will because they'll want to stretch it out. They'll um, make season two half of part two, yeah, and then season three will be the other half of part two. Could be. I mean, yeah, like, like I mean, they got that luxury now. So. Yeah. I'm just curious how they're going to squeeze all of what's left of the story. And in the previews, you see a lot of it. So it's not like it's not there. You see David. You see, oh, fuck, what is, what are the brothers' names? God, I'm drawing a blank. You see those guys? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. You see a lot of this stuff. So it's there. Yeah. And 
those storylines were pretty long in the game, so I'm, I'm just curious how. Sam and Henry. Sam and Henry, thank you. Yeah, I mean, each of those storylines seems like an episode, right? At least one episode, yeah. At least. Um, So I guess if you look at it that way, there's, I guess, enough left with six episodes. But there's the whole Marlene and Fireflies and... Right, and... Ending and Promise Me Joel and all that stuff. And the, um, you know, his brother. Yeah, and Tommy. Like, there's a lot to cover. I know, I keep asking if Marlene is dead. No. <laughs> From that wound. In her, like, you know, I just upper no, left we, we could say that Marlene's not dead. That okay. That's not really a spoiler. Marlene's not dead. So. Yeah. But, spoiler alert, Tess does die in the video game. <laughs> I posted a thing in the group that we're in on Facebook, and it. I posted it. It was Tessa's death scene in the game because Annie Hershing, who played her in the game, passed away. So I just posted R.I.P. Annie Hershing in this clip. And people got upset because they... Did you spoil the game for people? Said I was spoiling... No, they said they were spoiling the show. They said I was spoiling the show by posting this scene from the game. That doesn't make sense. Right. I was like, it's two well, different things. first of all, we're in a video game group. The moratorium <laughs> yes. on spoilers for which, this game is long since passed. A group in which The Last of Us has been discussed thoroughly. Like, right. thoroughly. Because people love that game or despise that game. And they're very vocal about it. Right. Anywho, people were upset. So I just removed the post. I was like, forget it. <laughs> no, it oh, took me a second to wrap right my just... head around that. Like, okay. hey, you're just spoiling the show for people that I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, that's uh, R.I.P. Annie Hershing. She played Tess. She helped to shape that character in the video game. In the game. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's sad. She was young. She was like 47. And uh, died of cancer. So. I um, I have this employee that I hired like ten years ago, and she retired in 2018, and then came back a few months later, and then just recently retired again in November. And in August of like 2021. Her daughter had like a headache, like a really bad headache, and she went into the clinic and they sent her to have an MRI and she had a massive tumor. They flew her to Seattle and she had emergency surgery, went through chemotherapy, radiation and all that for like the next six months. And then for like the next year and a half, all of her scans were good, like cancer free. Mm. And she went for a routine one a couple weeks ago and her cancer was back and now they told her today to prepare for three to six months mm. Ugh. yeah that's horrible it is horrible. it's heartbreaking yeah. it is awful Sorry. yeah so and on that note you know ah. this lady's my friend she's not just like my employee like we right we yeah friends over the years how old's her daughter my age Ugh. like exactly i mean age. not that any age is okay but still. yeah she's 44 yeah um, that's hard 
That's tough. Well, anyhow. On that happy note. On that yep. happy note. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a Last of Us podcast without... Some tears. The ending on a sad note, I guess. Um, okay, one last thing that I want to say is that I just... We were talking about all the things, all the storylines that, that we know they have to fit in. And I worried that this show is going is going in the direction where it is just like crying porn. And what I mean by that is that it, when you're watching porn, the purpose cry. is to climax. And um, I'm Where is this going? The way <laughs> this show is headed is every episode the purpose is to just make you cry. And I don't want it to just be that. Like, it needs okay. to be more than that. It needs to... Like, making people cry is not the uh, epitome of artistic... Sure. You know, um, television or storytelling. So, like, a couple of things. There needs to be more. A. Yep. I watch porn to climax, but I end up crying. So I'm hoping <clears throat> if the goal of this show is to make me cry, then maybe I'll end up climaxing instead. So that would be fine with me. <laughs> However, I get what you're saying, Daniel. I don't think that's the case. I think this episode is probably, I mean, based on the storylines, I expect to feel some emotions and be emotional. But I think this is probably the tearjerker episode, so to speak. I think the rest will have some more drama in them that'll kind of balance it out. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're going to, going to almost eliminate most of the combat. And I wonder how much we're going to really see of the infected. Like maybe that's how they're going to save time. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm sure we'll see more cause the, they'll have to create tension. Oh yeah. We'll see more, but I don't think it's going to you know. be commonplace no no it's not going to be like the game where every you know 20 minutes you're running into a pack of clickers well because the game alternated it alternated between like clicker combat and then just like serene peaceful exploration and then you know human human drama like it would it would kind of alternate between all those yeah 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 and just so you know like my I'm playing through you know trying to keep up I am not through Bill's section yet. I did, I'm making my way through there, though. I downloaded the free trial for part one. Yeah. So it's two hours. I'll do that, and then I'll see if I want to buy the game. It's very pretty. I will say that. It's a very well, nice-looking version of that game. Listen, there's lots of pretty things that aren't good for me, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I have three things to say. Okay. <laughs> We so all have so much. Oh, so much to say. Number one, uh, just so the listeners know how obsessed you guys are with The Last of Us, we literally still drink out of The Last of Us cup, like glasses that Jeremy <laughs> sent us. And nice. Quinn still has the giraffe that you nice. sent us. So it has been a thing way before the show yes. between you two. For a decade. And if you now. don't know what it's been a giraffes have. 
If, if you don't, yeah, has, if you don't know what giraffes have to do with The Last of Us, you'll find out. Just keep watching the show. Yeah. Yep. And hey, if they cut that part out, I will fucking riot. Just throwing that out. I there. think I saw. No, it was I've in the heard trailer, that wasn't they don't. It or No, like it that? wasn't. But I've heard that that okay. it's there. Okay. So that that was one. Two. I said to you last night. I didn't know Neil Druckmann had it in him. And yeah. What do you like, mean by that? I don't know. It just he comes off very, like, because I watched the afterwards with you mm-hmm. he comes off sort of like aloof and cold and it was just that something that heartfelt and beautiful i will say don't give him too much credit okay because i'm sure he had a lot to do with it but craig mazin is the one who wrote that yeah episode and it's kind of a, uh, a whole, he didn't direct it but he wrote it there's a bit of an ugly underlying back behind the scenes thing going on with the writing of the last of us and credit yeah the last of us right now that we, we could get into at some point but not right now yeah the whole thing with right, well then i take that statement co, back co-director of the never original mind. game yeah. <laughs> never mind maybe i just wanted to name drop that i knew who neil Druckmann was <laughs> <laughs> Um, And then three, in listening to last week's podcast, Jeremy, you were asking if I was scared in the clicker. Yeah. Like when when we saw the clickers for the first time. Um, No. And it was interesting. I thought... So they did a great job with the makeup, yet it wasn't that scary. Okay. It just didn't do anything for me. The movements of the actors are what was scary. Yeah. But the actual makeup was too... mm, I don't know. Too perfect. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. But but normally I I get yes I scream I jump scare type things <laughs> but that one didn't scare me so. You weren't buying the makeup. I wasn't buying the makeup. Yeah. No. Okay, makes you. sense. But somebody moves like that coming towards me, I will <laughs> freak out. Oh, definitely. So. All right. Well, J- Jeremy, do you have any last observations to make? Well, I just want to say, Coley, it's always a pleasure having you on the show and chatting with you. You bring a unique perspective and somebody pleasant to talk to. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Daniel? Yeah. No, that's it. Well, thank you for letting me come back on. No, thanks. I, I, I had a feeling you really probably were going to have feelings about this episode so well, i said i said this. to dan this is the one that i probably should talk about if you were going to have somebody on yeah yeah well i think we'll have you on again like if you're willing. sure hey anytime you guys want it's good to have that perspective not, of not knowing the game yeah yeah we need to have dylan on sometime too no he wants to yeah He's, yeah. Been, he's been watching it with me if he's not working he'll watch it with me if he is working we'll watch it usually the next afternoon together yeah so i've watched every episode at least twice um i watched the first two three times i believe and then fell asleep watching the first one four or five different times so <laughs> <laughs> well we had a busy week because it was quinn's birthday party and they went out and i'm in school for my master's so i had school work to do besides doing all the party stuff and this one next to me yesterday with panic in his eyes because I still had schoolwork to do when we got home from the party and grocery shopping. I was like, are you not going to be able to watch The Last of Us tonight? And you I were said, like, no, was, we're not going to be able to watch The Last of Us tonight. I said, you know what? If you put Quinn to bed, I will power through the end of 
my paper. And so we, I got done, right? We started at like 9.20 instead of 9. I said, you yeah. might have to start late. You can't start at like 9 o'clock. But yeah, you were only about 20 minutes behind. From, we, at least from yeah. the yeah. Daniel sent me that text message. So. Yeah. yeah, we were only a little behind. I know. Yeah. But the panic in his eyes when he thought we <laughs> weren't going to get to watch it last yeah. night. But I, I powered through so I could watch The Last of Us. All right. Bogey's staring at us. Yes, he is. Okay. Sorry, Bogey. Guys, you guys, it's time to go to bed. You're Mom, not wrong, Bogey. You're not wrong. We have to go to bed now. <laughs> okay. All right, Bogey. Good episode. <laughs> yep. Thank you for joining us tonight, Mrs. Jones. I love when you call me that. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for joining us tonight, Mr. Brown. Endure and survive the whole. <laughs> Daniel, you're such a school child. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, good listeners, for joining us. And we will see you next week to recap episode four. Um, Pittsburgh. Should be. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> Order some pizza. Yes. Order some Little Caesars. Yes. Support Jeremy's daughter. Ellie. Yes, right. Ellie, who is actually named after Ellie, Ellie from the last exactly. episode. Exactly. Now you have to. It all comes yep. back together. You got to do it. So, you don't got to put this on the show, but um, their bio dad, he, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, had a baby. Well, his fiance, girlfriend, whatever, had a baby. And um, he sent us his Facebook message with a picture of it and the name. And I don't remember the name. I had like six fucking names. But one of the names was Noctis. And, like, Alicia and her sister were laughing at, like, they always made fun of this guy, honestly. I always felt bad about that. Um, They were laughing at this name. And they're like, what is that even from? And I'm like, well, it's a video game character. And they're like, he's from, he's a Final Fantasy fan. Yeah. And And they're like, who the fuck would name their kid after a video game character? And I, like, look right (laughs) at them. And I'm like, you know, damn good and well, Ellie's named after, or at least influenced from a video game character. Like, what the hell? Yeah, but that's at least a normal name. I'm like, God, you people. For the longest time, I wanted to name my daughter, this is long before Quinn, but I wanted to name my daughter Lyra. He tried. From the Golden Compass, from uh, His Dark Materials. He tried. I th- did you ever try for Alex? I figured you would have tried for Alex. No. No. no he didn't. For some reason, no. I just really like the name Lyra. It's a cool name. Alex Jones probably wouldn't have been a good name <laughs> for a daughter anyway. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. I have a... <laughs> That's fucking funny. I have a cousin who named his daughter Khaleesi after like the second season of Game of Thrones. Like, legit named her Khaleesi. <laughs> and now, after the last episode, I'm sure he was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to end this. We do. All we right. have to wrap birthday presents. No, uh, we're not doing that tonight. I will do it tomorrow. Okay. Just get some good eggs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See you all later. All right. I will upload. Okay. Me too. Bye.